NBA Strayer, how are you going? Hope you're alright. Hope you're doing better than me. Tell you what, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, it is Thursday, November 30. This is my day off. I feel like Dante. I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website called CodeBet. Go check that out, codebet.com.au. Uh, you can also see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, CodeBet Daily, all that good stuff. I'm here in Larry Armour Studios Hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA uh, with a bit of a strain twist. That's what we do here, isn't it? Of course, weird day with some bad games, but also some good stuff. We'll talk all that through. That's what we do every single day. Uh, Jam and Jamal Murray and CJ McCollum came back, so that's good. Uh, we've got some injury news. We've got the latest on George Giddy. Uh, we'll wrap all this up in the game wraps. We've got That's Not an Eyeful, Mate No Mate, Spud on the Light. Spud of the Night. There you go. Better than Lonzo Ball. There's the Nas, there's the unpopular opinion of the day, and there's our back take house. We were serving up a flame grill take. There's also an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. Got a couple of weird ones for that one today. And then we'll pick and preview all those games tomorrow. I feel like we did all right today. There's some weird results, though. Anyway, uh, we'll do that, and that'll be fun. So, strap in, hold on, let's get into it. This is episode 995, bulgies of NBA Australia. 1995, what were you doing? I think I was in year seven. That sounds right. I don't know. Yeah, weird year though. I was just stoked to be able to play basketball on a uh, on the parquet there in BHS. How good was that? All right, let's get into it. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the Shaq attack. Ah, you better. Uh, Shaq was actually asked about who he would team up with of the current day players and who they could also have from the past. So it's Steph and him versus LeBron and MJ versus Embiid and Kobe. Interesting mix and match, I guess. Makes sense. That'd be kind of fun. Good job, Shaq. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm pretty sick of his fake voiceover points bet ads. God damn. Like, if you're going to have Shaq, don't do this weird fake voiceover pretending to be Shaq with an Aussie accent because it's it's bad. It just, just grinds my soul. Anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Show with a daily whip around. Uh, we did sort of uh, break down the in-season tournament, and the more that it sort of, you know, got to sit with me yesterday, the more I appreciated just how much fucking fun that game, that day was yesterday. Like, it's psycho. I love it. But this is why, like, this is the best case to expand it a little bit and uh, have more games, because you're going to have way more examples of exactly days like that if you've got an expanded tournament, because there'll be teams out there trying to figure out exactly what they need to do how they need to do it. There'll be more stakes as they sort of go through the tournament. Like, basically, they'll be like in game five going, God damn, we're going to stave off elimination if we want to stay in this tournament, that sort of stuff. But it was bloody good. And it's also, look, because I taped straight after the absolute chaos at the end of that Warriors game, I didn't quite bang on enough about how just incredible it was for the Warriors to lose that game the way they did. The Steph turnover, the Draymond turnover, being up five with like 80 seconds left. 40 seconds left. Oh, man. 
It was hilarious. And you could probably sit there and go, yeah, it's a little bit more indicative of some more uh, pressing problems for this Warriors team. And now they've got a couple of injuries. So that's what we're talking about in the news. Chris Paul has got a nerve issue in his leg. That's not good. I mentioned me before. So I spent a uh, pretty rough night last night. A bit of tossing and turning because my foot's all fucky. Uh, as I was mentioning, my heel, my Achilles, had sort of blown up over the last week. And that's because I've been walking all funky on it. It sort of moved to the outside of my left foot. And, uh, yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> so uh, you mate Jim had a bit of a nap this arvo. It was my day off, actually. Uh, I booked in this day off. I was going to take the squids to a uh, the Dinosaurs Alive exhibit. It's actually right near the house. I'm like, this is going to be great. And every time I go past it, I'd be like, that doesn't seem ready. And when, like a week or two ago, we got the emails going, yep, it's not ready. It's being postponed. I'm like, fuck, of course. Ah, uh, well, I'll, you know, keep my day off because uh, old mate's going to take, you know, the uh, squid number one in to see the bluey windows there at Meyer, and I'll look after the other one. Unfortunately, with a bung foot, I'm just like laying there on the couch and the 14-month-old was like, dad, 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 do something. I'm like... Buddy, <laughs> this is brutal. <laughs> anyway, uh, but Chris Paul, this is a tough one. So the Warriors were already struggling, and now they too lose two of their biggest bench pieces, right? So Gary Payton II has got a torn right calf. He's indefinitely, you know, sidelined because that's a torn calf. <laughs> that's not good, you know? Uh, and then you've got Chris Paul, who is now dealing with, like, yeah, this like weird leg issue uh, with a was it a nerve? I believe yeah, nerve contusion, which is not good. He looked like he'd torn a groin more than anything to me, but I mean I'm no medical doctor, so what do I know? Not much, Jim. That's correct. Uh, so a bit of a rough one now for the Warriors, and it makes you know Draymond losing his mind every so often just that much more untenable because they need him out there and they need him playing well. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about him again later. Uh, but in good news, Jam and Jamal Murray and CJ McCollum both came back. Jam and Jamal Murray from his hammy, uh, CJ McCollum from his lung problem. So uh, that's good. And I'll tell you what, both teams look pretty bloody good for the uh, additions, right? Denver beat the pants off of Houston and New Orleans beat the pants off of Philly. So, yeah. Good time to come back, I guess. Uh, and the other little bit of news, the Josh Giddy stuff. Uh, there was a... Uh, statement made by the, was it the the actual, you know, police in the area where this is alleged to have all happened, right? Was it Newport Beach out there in California, uh, saying that they're basically actively seeking more information, pursuing leads and evidence to get any facts in this case of a potential case. Uh, they say they're in, you know, it's active. They're trying to get a fair and thorough process. So, yeah. I don't know, just launch into some Twitter spiels about folks and get it investigated, I guess. Um, But the big news that sort of popped off, TMZ also had the idea that uh, they put forward their news, which was the inquiry from the police had uh, hit a roadblock because apparently the alleged teen, the alleged lady and her family are refusing to cooperate. So 
I know. As I sort of mentioned before, uh, this this is it sounds very much like Adam Silver, OKC, rug, 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 sweep, sweep, sweep. As much as you can, I guess. And if, uh, as I've said time and time again as well, like if the girl had come forward and there was like actual evidence, you know, the victim coming out and saying, blah, 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 be fucking bang on. But this is just sort of still weird, like Twitter conjecture. <laughs> it's fucked. So we wait and we see. Still not fucking good, although I'll tell you that much. Because uh, I feel like if the, uh, if the lady in question and her family, like, I don't know, if she were overage, if there was nothing, they'd also come out and go, what are you talking about? She's 18. <laughs> that seems like probably the easiest thing. So, yeesh. All right, let's fly through some game wraps today because, uh, as I said, it was my day off, so I'm not really working. I actually had to have a nap on the couch. I just absolutely KO'd when I put the uh, squid down for a nap. And uh, the early games as well were pretty pretty gnarly. The Lakers kicked the shit out of the Pistons. Let's do it. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. Game wraps. Uh, 133-107, the Lakers beat the Pistons because the Lakers... The Lakers! ...were very good in this one. Uh, it's because the Pistons are very, 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 very bad. And they got straight killed. So he got straight killed. Okay, Cunningham was bad. Uh, I mean, just... He had 15 points on 15 shots. Jaden Ivey went one of six in 19 minutes and fouled out. Uh, also, Thompson was okay-ish, but... Oh, Jalen Durango, six and seven. This team is just horrible. There's no other way to put it. This is horrible. There's no other way to put it. Like the Lakers, this is the absolute classic get right game. Like D'Lo shoots the absolute piss out of it for 35 and nine, 25 for LeBron, 28 and 16 for Anthony Davis. Like, thanks for showing up in a game that doesn't really matter, Anthony. He's like, oh, but I had 28, 16 and four assists and three blocks. Yeah, playing against a horrible Pistons team. Where was that against the, uh, what, sixes the other day? Anyway, uh, Lakers moved to 11-8. and eight. They kicked the crap out of them. They're up 14 in the first quarter, and the game was over, and they just cruised. It was uh, pretty funny. It was a lot of uh, garbage time. Like, LeBron played 29 minutes. Yeah. Monty Williams has got to be sitting there going, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not great. It's like, oh, we need more shooting. It's like, well, you also need a little bit more everything, don't you? Because you're pretty, pretty, pretty bad. They're 2-16 now, the Pistons. Longest losing streak in a season ever. It's pretty crazy. And the Lakers are now 11-8. Ah, the Magic. Beat the piss out of the Wizards. That's right. It was a Harry Potter Bowl. You're a wizard, Harry. 139-120. The Wizards and the Magic. You love this. I love a good Magic Bowl. Um, Wizards were kind of there for a bit, and then they weren't. And the Magic just kind of kicked the crap out of them across the second half. This is the thing. The Magic's defense, like it allowed, like obviously the Wizards still scored 120, but it never, ever felt in doubt. (laughs) So, you know, Kuzma had 23, but it came on 9 and 20 shooting. Denny Avdijer played his ass off for 22, 4 and 5. Jordan Poole continues to be just like, yeah, sure. 19 points on 5 of 12, goes 4 of 7 from deep. Kispin hit a couple of threes, but it was just... A very meh performance from the Wizards. They're now 3-15, and 15 and they stink to the high heavens. He's going to be like, man, I could have been on the Celtics. This is shit. Uh, for the Magic men, Palo Bangaro didn't have a good game, and it didn't matter because they got Franz Wagner. Hello, going for 31. 22 for Jalen Suggs as well. Uh, but the best part of this game was the Suggs and Cole Anthony recreating the, uh, the amazing D-Wade LeBron alley-oop picture. 
And to be honest, the way they were kicking the shit out of the Wizards, they deserved to. Jingle Joe Engels was really good in this one too. He had 12, 6, and 4. Mo Wagner and his big stupid pumpkin head at 11 and 4. They rolled. They absolutely rolled in this game. The Magic looked really good. They went 17 of 27 from downtown and 51 of 84 from the floor. Both of those are over 60%. Now, I'm no math magician, but if you shoot over 60% from the floor and 63% from three, you're probably going to win a couple of those games. They are now 13 and five, the Magic. That is awesome. I'm going to talk about them again later. Uh, the Suns lost in Toronto to the Raptors 112-105 because uh, Devin Booker couldn't get his range right at all. It was weird. This was like the rare, inefficient Kevin Durant night as well. He had 30 points, but it came on 30 shots. Not a very KD-esque performance. And like this is the thing where you you watch the Raptors sometimes, and I watched a lot of this game uh, in between playing the Bluey song for... Uh, Squid number two, because he is a fucking lunatic for that. He's just like, yes, dad. Fuck yes. Bluey. Does his little baby dance. Loves it. Uh, But the Raptors, the idealized version of the Raptors, right? They've got all the big bodies on the wing between Siakam, OG, Scoob, and Co. to throw at someone like KD and Devin Booker. And up until really now, it feels like it barely ever happens that way. (laughs) I don't know what it is. But, like, you saw in the loss against the Nets yesterday. You saw it here and there, like, in the loss to the Cavs on the weekend. Uh, the way they couldn't beat the Celtics last week, was it maybe two weeks ago, they lose to the Magic as well. They lose to the Bucks. Like, those sorts of big wings, it's like, yeah, it should come in handy. But they did beat the Mavs a couple of weeks ago, you remember. There is an idealized version of the Raptors that's good. It's just weird that it doesn't happen often enough. So Siakam has 22, Scoob has 23, 7, and 4. He's awesome. OG has 13, 3 steals, uh, goes 3 of 5 from deep. Teenage Mutant Yaka Pertle was really good too, 17 and 4. 14 and 10 for Precious Achua. Achua. Uh, Nurkic at 19 and 14 with 6 assists and 2 blocks for the Suns. Uh, KD, as mentioned, 30 on 30 shots. That is just egregious. But this is the thing, the Suns, if like... So no Grayson Allen... Eric Gordon goes 2 of 5 from 3. Booker goes 0 of 4. Yudawantanabe goes 0 of 5 overall. And without Grayson Allen, it's like, ah, this team just has no shooting because uh, Eric Gordon's not hitting anything, Booker's not hitting anything, and KD's going 2 of 8 from deep. It's weird. 7 of 26 from downtown. They shot 40% as a team. This is just a horrible loss for the Suns. They never, ever got into a groove, and Booker was horrible. So I'll talk about him in a later segment. Hashtag spoiler alert. But, yeah, he was bad. Anyway, Raptors now 9 and 10. Shunge, 11 and 7. Uh, the Yaz got absolutely pants by the Grizzlies, 105-91. Desmond Bean at 17, but there was absolutely nothing going for this Jazz team. They had, it was like 42 points at the half, and you're like, ah, oh, this game, they were down like, I think already 18. And you're like, what is, this Jazz team just beat the Pelicans twice, go on the road to the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies were, what, 3 and 13 going to this game? They're now 4 and 13. The Jazz are 6-12. and 12. If you can't like pull out this win, the Jazz are cooked. Uh, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, 12 points on 10 shots. Simon Fontencio, yeah, 12 on 13. 17 for John Collins. You just want to see that sort of game from him. Just have a way better game than that, you know? But without Larry, that's a girl's name, Mark, and the Jazz just sort of seemed like, I don't know, weaponless. Colin the Sex Man Sexton was bad. THT was even worse. Kessler was no chop. 
Uh, the Grizzlies, meanwhile, Dutchman Bain, as I mentioned, the 17. D Rose started and had a really good game. He had 14 and 9, 20 points, 6 blocks for Triple J. David Roddy had 19. Uh, this is a big win for the Grizzlies. <laughs> like, as bad as that sounds, they're 4 and 13, but just give your fucking self a bit of a, I don't know, <laughs> bit of a <laughs> bit of a vibe. The craziest part is these teams have already played their entire season series. They've played three times already. And the Grizzlies finally got one. So good job, I guess. The Jazz, big questions. They're not good. Without Lowry, without your best player, of course, it's going to be a bit tough. But Jesus. Uh, the Sixers rested Joel Embiid and they lost to the Pelicans. So uh, shame on me for not checking my picks on yesterday's show because I did pick the Pelicans. But somehow I managed to bet on the Sixers this morning because I didn't check. I didn't have my laptop. And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I took the Sixers, didn't I? No. Nope. Should have listened to myself. Uh, Max ends up with 33. Melton, 17. The classic Tobias Harris game, though. Like, Nick Nurse is going to be like, all right, Tobias, Joel Embiid's not playing today. Can you get us 28? He's got, you got a boss, 12 points it is. He's like, no, 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 Tobias, we need you to get, like, at least 25. He's like, you got a boss, 12 points it is. The Tobias Harris experience never fails. Uh, 13 and 25 for Maxi. He was really, really good. Gave it his all. Uh... 17, as I mentioned, for Melton, but absolutely zip all else. Like Pat Bev at 11, 12 for Rocco. Uh, this Sixers team shot 51% from the floor, 41% from three, but had 21 turnovers. Yeesh. Meanwhile, for the Pals, Zion literally didn't miss until right at the end. He was 11 of 12 from the floor for 33 points, eight rebounds, six assists, three steals. It was awesome. 11 of 12 at the line as well. Spindles at 15, four and six, 19 for my name is Jonas Valentunas. And CJ comes back rip-roaring fashion, 20 points and five assists. Very nice. And uh, that sends Dyson Daniels back to the bench, but he still had a pretty handy one. He had four points, four rebounds, one assist and two steals and a block in a uh, much more limited role, which is probably good. It's probably good to get Dyson Daniels like, you know, here's a bunch of starters minutes with CJ out. All right, now, cool. You've learned a bit. Just try to, like, compact that into your 14 to 20-minute stints from here on out, and away you go. Uh, it's a big win for the Pals after those two bad losses to the Yaz. They're now at least, like, vaguely respectable at the older, well, kind of. They're 10 and 9, you know? But to beat the Sixers without Embiid, it's kind of like, yeah, you should. You should. Embiid had an illness, they reckon, so. Uh, but it was in New Orleans, so his illness not, might have just been, uh, did not play too much gumbo. Uh, did not play ingested 47 beignets. And I would believe every fucking second of it. Good game by uh, Zion, though. They that much. Yep. Good gear. Uh, 10 and 9 for the Pels. They're a weird team. Good win, though. Uh, the Rockets lost in Denver, 124-134. Continuing the Rockets uh, away ineptitude. 0-7 now on the road, the Rockets. 124-134. Jalen Green had 26. Had an awesome third quarter where he just exploded for a shit ton of points. But... Uh, Jokic from Wish, a.k.a. Shangun, had 22-7-4, shot 10 of 18. Had a couple of weird moments. He got blocked a couple of times, and you're like, oh, he's almost there, but he's still very young. Jalen Green with a 26-6-9. He went 5 of 8 from 3. This is just the weird one where it's like, oh, man, we don't have Fred Van Vliet today. And had they have had Fred Van Vliet instead of Aaron Holiday in the starting lineup, who knows what could have happened. But, look. These are the games the Houston Rockets will probably have all this season, right? 0-7 on the road, of course. But Shingoon and Jalen Green, this is what you want them to do. Fred Van Vliet's not there. Step up. They did. 
Dylan Brooks, 11 points. Jabari Smith Jr. there, 15 and 7. But they shot 54%, 39% from three. Only eight turnovers. Got out-rebounded, though, and let the Nuggets just pretty much do what they wanted and really sort of just dug themselves a hole early. It was like a 15-point gap at the start. So, uh, of course, Yoka, 32, 10, and 15. Not bad. Amazingly, zero turnovers. 15 assists to zero turnovers. Not bad, bro. But Michael Porter Jr. hit seven threes. That was lovely. 30 points, 10 rebounds, five assists for him. Uh, 16 for Jam and Jamal Murray in his return. He goes three of eight from deep. He had a 16, six, and six. Just perfect. Uh, and 14 for Reggie Jackson off the bench as well. Good win for the Nugs. Just to sort of, you know, bounce back, continue their amazing home record, which I now believe is 9-0, and after a pretty shitty sort of moment here or there last week where they lost to the Rockets. Like, it's good to come back. You beat the Clippers uh, as they did with uh, nobody playing. They get all their dudes back and then beat the Rockets. Very nice for the reigning champs. You'd love to see that. And they're now 13-6. and six. Houston, 8-8. Eight, eight eight. Uh, finally, the Clippers, they beat the Kings, 131-117. for Kawhi Leonard. It was really good. Back-to-back 30-point games for him. James Harden, his best game as a Clipper. He had 26, 3-6 with five steals. He went 5-8 from three as well. Rusty had a weird one, 9-5-8. Paul George, 19 on 18 shots. But the Kings, look, just after last night, and the effort that went into beating the Warriors, this came as zero surprise. What was a surprise is that De'Aaron Fox was fucking incredible again. He had 40. Shot 14 of 23, 3 of 8 from deep, 9 of 10 of the line. 40 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. It was the problem. The big problem for me was like watching this, you're like, Suva just, this is a really small Clippers team. Like Avicii Zubac had 14 and 8 with 3 blocks and thoroughly outplayed the Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis, which breaks your heart. Suva ends up with 11, 5, and 3, but shot 3 of 12. And that included a couple of threes where it's like, yeah, it's not really a uh, big buddy of gay there, is it, Suva? And he's like, no. Uh, Malik Monk, 28 minutes, 15 points off the bench. This Kings team, if Suva's not firing and Harrison Barnes is doing his usual sort of disappearing act, Huerta only had 7 points as well and 7 shots. Yeah, it makes it tough. Vizenkov is pretty good off the bench, though, again, 13. Uh, but this is a really, really nice, solid win for the Clippers. The thing is, it comes against a Kings team on a back-to-back after an emotional, like, huge, massive relief win yesterday. This was always going to be a letdown spot for them. And uh, so they moved to 10-7 and seven now. Clippers finally actually get a win against someone half-decent. They're now 8-9. and nine. Um, They did beat the Mavs last week, but, I mean, that's a Mavs team that's just chaotic right outside of that all the rest of their wins are like against the Spurs they've beaten the Rockets once they beat the Magic back at the start of the season beat the Spurs again and the Blazers so it's a weird 8-9 with what two quality wins in there <laughs> so it's pretty weird anyway look I'll talk about the Clippers again in a second uh, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night <laughs> that's not a knife that's a knife uh, did I mention how Nikola Jokic had zero turnovers? <laughs> 32 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists, and zero turnovers is just silly. Like, that is absolutely like, uh, this is uh, the little Jokic, yes. Uh, let me kick us. Yeah, okay. Uh, but also Zion. What a game from Zion. He ate 
up that Sixers team like they were a Philly cheesesteak. He went absolutely hammer and tongs. The weird thing was, I think, as I was taking the notes, he was 11-11 from the floor, and then they tagged him with 11-12 in the end. So he wasn't quite perfect. And watching the game, it's like, yeah, he was perfect from the floor, apart from a missed free throw. I'm like, oh. So he went from 100% to 91.7, but 11-12 from the floor, 11-12 at the free throw line, the eight rebounds, the six assists, the three steals, 33 points. Zion up against a uh, admittedly embedless Sixers team, but that was absolutely unreal. Beautiful game. Uh, Fox's 40 points in the losing effort, bit of a tough one. Kawhi's 34, very good, of course. Franz Wagner was awesome. It was, however, against the Magic. So you're going to dock him some style points there. And D'Lo had an absolutely immense one. Look, you know I love to shit on D'Angelo Russell, but he does have these games every so often where he goes off. uh, And it does sort of feel like D'Lo might have maybe, in the entire NBA, the biggest gap between his best game and his, like, worst game, you know? Because his worst games are some of literally the worst games you'll ever see. Some of his best games, you're like, this guy's unreal. 13 to 17, 5 or 7 from 3. He had 9 assists, 2 blocks, and 35 points. Bloody good. It did come against the Pistons, though, who are apparently defense is optional uh, in the Motor City now. So, great job. Great job to everybody involved. Spot of the night. Spud, 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 uh, not to be confused with Bradley Noel, the lead singer of Sublime. Uh, this one plays for Memphis. Uh, 0 of 6, brutal 18 minutes for Jalen Noel. But, hey, they still got the win. He'll take that one. 0 of 5 for Utah Wantanabe for Phoenix. Uh, not great for Phoenix today. And it's one of those things, you're like, yeah, this is the sort of game where, geez, it'd be pretty good if we had our third dude. You know him, Brad Beal. It's like, yeah, but he's always injured anyway, so what do you expect? Uh, Jaden Ivey was really disappointing watching a bunch of that Detroit-Lakers uh, game as well. He, I think, ends up like one of six. But the fouling, just the shit game. You're like, dude, just show us something here and there. Because he had a, like a not a bad game the other day, and you're like, come on, this is where we should see the Jaden. Oh, he's gone and stunk it up again. But the real big, 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 big one was Devin Booker today. Two of 12. Blah! Oh, of four from downtown. Five rebounds, five assists, two turnovers. Was just really off in that game. And uh, with KD going, what, 30 points on 30 shots, 11 to 30 is, uh, that's certainly a stat line, Kevin. Uh, but Devin Booker, two of 12. He was just yeah, very, very, very bad. So he's a spot of the night. But also, I would very much like to thank Desmond Bean from downtown and Dennis Schroeder, I am German Rondo, for stepping up. And what did they go and shoot from the uh, floor today? Shot 311. Absolutely love that. Oh, boy. Good job. Bane doing it from three. We've had a lot more three-related 311s this year, and I am here for it. Uh, who's all mate? No mates. 
Old mate, no mate. 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 Who's got no mates today? Uh, it's Draymond. Look, there was the great clip of watching Steve Kerr just fucking yelling at Draymond to get the fuck up and get back on defense after he flopped at the end of that Kings game yesterday and uh, laid on the floor while his team ran up the other end to play defense. Uh, Draymond flopped, and it was very funny. Actually, yeah, we'll get to this in the pantsing, but yeah. The flopping, like, I'm waiting for the uh, official word on if he's going to get fined for it. Like, Vizenkov seemed to have actually copped him a little bit, but not enough to... There's always that great flop of, like, the brushing action where it's actually maybe gotten you, and then the throwing, snapping one's head back like in like a two Mississippi after it's actually happened, and that's exactly what he did. But then he laid on the ground, costing his team obviously a uh, normal defensive possession, and Kerr was off his fucking rocker. And that was obviously followed by his horrible turnover, his arguing with the refs. There's a point at this, like there's got to be a point where they're just like, yes, Draymond, we back you to be yourself, but can you be less of yourself because yourself at the moment is being a fuckhead? Can you just quit it? (laughs) Just like pump the brakes a little bit on your worst tendencies of being yourself. Like, this is the thing. You know, oh, people people have problems with me because I tell it like it is. No, people have problems with you because you're a fuckhead. Like, when people say that all the time, and you'll hear it, you know, look, having grown up in Ballarat, it's a lot of uh, a lot of folks who are like, yeah, people people act weirdly to me because I, oh, I tell it like it is. It's like, no, you're just a bit of a dick, and you're shit at communication. That's your problem. That's basically where Draymond's at as well. But Steve Kerr just going, get the fuck up, Draymond, you idiot. What the fuck are you doing? Was very much an old mate, no mates. Loved it. You hate to see it happen to uh, Draymond as well. Uh, LeBron being assessed a uh, flopping foul was pretty fun. Because, uh, again, that was a bit of a two Mississippi. Boy, I got smashed. Throwing yourself backwards. Not great. Uh, LeBron. You're old enough to know better. He got pantsed. I love that he got uh, pinged for it too. And uh, look, bring back the flopping foul, uh, the flopping fines, the flopping techs. What are we doing here? We need way more on the flops. Uh, like I think Luca got a $2,000 fine for the game against the Rockets as well for a flop. And it's like, yeah, I reckon it should be more. <laughs> Simple as that. Let's go. Like Kyrie flopping with Dylan Brooks kind of like brushed him as well. And then Scott Foster going, I fucking hate Dylan Brooks. So I'm going to uphold this on review anyway. It was pretty funny. And that's definitely a bit of a pantsing. But anyway, uh, better than Lonzo Ball today. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody, the 2021 NBA draft. It was a pretty good one. It's pretty fun. Pick number eight. Franz Wagner, hello, was. I mean, it's just a pretty weird uh, vibe when you sort of go back and go, all right, the 2021 NBA draft, that's the weird one where we have, we've got Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green and co., and you sort of look at the way Franz plays. Giddy goes six, of course. Wagner goes eight. Poor Davion Mitchell's at nine. And Zaya Williams is at ten. 
you got Book Knight, Primo, Duarte, Moses Moody, Moody, and Corey Kispert. Shingoon 16. It's like the amazing sort of what if. The Golden State Warriors had two cracks, and if like they had have had the nuts to pick up Shingoon, like who knows what would have happened, but they obviously uh, in not much more time would then turn around and go, oh, well, how about we've already got James Wiseman, man, so it's like, what are you doing, bro? So it's like a compounding of their problems because I don't know, if they had gotten Franz Wagner in place of Kaminga, who knows what could have fucking happened because that dude has been ready almost from the get-go. Today he had 31 points, 11 of 14 shooting. That is just shooting the piss out of it. Four or six from deep, six rebounds, three assists and a block. And very clearly, better than Lonzo Ball. And Shengun, better than James Wiseman as well, right there, right? Like Wiseman out there today against the uh, Lakers. Ideally, Wiseman was drafted by the Warriors to be as, you know, oh, we need a bit of size, man. We're going to play against Anthony Davis. They tried to play him against Anthony Davis today. It did not go well. Uh, he ends up with four and five with a turnover and two fouls. And Anthony Davis had 28, 16, four, and three blocks. Yeesh. He was a plus 29 in 29 minutes as AD. But yeah, Franz Wagner, what a difference he could have made for the Warriors. I'll tell you that much. All right. Uh, I don't believe we've got a magic tweet of the day. I'm pretty sure I would have seen that pop up if you had one. But, uh, well, um, it's a great one. Oh, no, it was. I did. I saw that one this morning. We better play the music because, God, it's good. Oh. I'm so excited to announce the return of my son, Andre Johnson, to Magic Johnson Enterprises, brackets MJE. (laughs) I like that he's had to use the acronym. As Executive Vice President, Andre is a great addition to the team and will help facilitate our expansion into new industries and work with our existing partners. Over the past decades, Andre has diversified experience working for Canyon Johnson, a global investment company, and then transitioning to artificial intelligence and technology with roles at the virtual reality company, Mythical Games, and most recently, SimWin Sports. The timing couldn't be better as MJE continues to grow and elevate to new heights with ownership in five teams, including the Washington Commanders, Los Angeles Dodgers, and Los Angeles Football Club, brackets LAFC, Soto Exo Magic, a $26 billion life insurance company, Equitrust, and our infrastructure fund, Johnson Loop Capital, brackets JLC. <laughs> that's not a congratulations to your son. That's a fucking earnings report. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What a lunatic. What do we say? Thanks, Magic. All right. See some ENRs after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do it. Let's do some ENRs. Brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Yeah, do it. Get your merch. Get your merch. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Or just click through on the socials. Get a t-shirt. Get a hoodie. Uh, I did remember to call the vet today. So the dog insulin is on its way, which is good. He, uh, The dog is very funny, though, because it's just legitimately... Had that moment, like, about, what, two months ago. It's like, oh, man, Larry, you know, he's just getting old. Almost 10, sort of cruising along. He's a bit sleepier. 
he's not as active as he was. He's struggling to get up on the couch. You're like, yeah, he's a bit tired. And then the wheeze started happening. You're like, uh, maybe there's something else going on. And, of course, now he's got his dog fucking insulin. The dude is an absolute lunatic again, running up and down the side of the house, barking at everything and just, you know, jumping on shit. Oh, God, I love him. <laughs> it's good to have him back, I guess. Anyway, uh, was D-Lo's performance today just another case of him desperate to not get traded? Yeah, nah, yes. 100% of a chance. D-Lo is the sort of guy where it's like uh, every two weeks you should be like, hey, D'Angelo, I hear that the Lakers are, yeah, LeBron said we're going to make some changes. D-Lo's like, please don't trade me. He's 35 points. I'm actually going to try. It's weird that you got to, you know, do that for him, but that's where we are. Uh, the other one that I mentioned earlier, the Magic, 13-5, and five, best 18-game start in 13 years. They've won eight on the trot. It's one one less than the regular season record that they've ever had as a franchise. 13-5. and five. Are the Magic this year's Kings? Yeah, nah. Oh, nah, they're not the Kings. The Magic of this year's OKC, where if they go 500, make the play and make the playoffs, you're good. OKC are this year's Kings. And the Kings are this year's Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies are last year's Houston. Does that all make sense? I hope so. It does in my brain. Because Magic, look, they'll make the playoffs. They'll be good. There will be some moments where they probably hit a bit of a hiccup uh, as teams sort of don't underestimate them and, uh, you know, sort of figure them out a little bit. OKC are absolutely flying. Very similar to last year's Kings. And this year's Kings are now, like, absolutely putting this one together. I mean, the loss today to the Clippers was pretty bad. And that's the only sort of pause I've got for the Kings being this year's Grizzlies of, like, winning 50-plus games. Is, like, yeah, Suvlaki King having a game like this today on a back-to-back, you sort of get that on the big jobs. But it's also a sign of a really good team, like Joker, that that doesn't happen very often. So, anyway. Uh, Matty O had a really good one. He's, uh, you know, me. I love the in-season tournament. He said, 100% right on the NBA Cup, Jim. They've started it too early in the season and it's too short. Definitely should be playing each team in the group twice, home and away, and with more teams qualifying for the knockouts. Soccer World Cup style. Round 16, quarters, semis, and finals. Make the tournament from around game 23 to 60 in the season. People are getting into it now and the quarters are starting already. Yeah, nah, yeah. I mean, this is it. I think there's a couple of little tweaks they could do about the in-season tournament. But initially, like, seriously, only four games is just fucking way not enough. As I said, right, like, you don't get the separation in only four games where you've got a bunch of teams on three and one. And, yeah, it was awesome, like, going, point differential, let's go. But you know what also still matters if you expand the cup in-season tournament to, like, you know, whether it be eight games with the home and aways, that sort of stuff. It's still, like, point differential will still matter. But we should at least have, like, more mattering games. Because, like, game two, game three of the in-season tournament, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't know anybody's record. But we do now. (laughs) So I feel like we would be tracking this a lot closer if it was a little bit longer. So you could sort of see, uh, as I said, right, like, those games suddenly have way more riding on them, like the fourth and fifth games of your group stage. Very similar to like a World Cup, even though like World Cup's literally what? You play each team once, but that's a game of soccer. You're only playing once every few days, that sort of shit. So you expand it just that little bit more. Those fourth and fifth games of the group stage, everybody's still going to be on tenterhooks because it's like, shit, we need to win this if we want to get through. So I think if we expand it to the round of 16, the quarters, the semis, and the finals, 
uh, it lets the knockout stage sit for a little bit longer as well because I think what we're also going to find out is the quarterfinals, they're going to happen over two days and you're going to be like, okay, sweet. Now we're going to wait for the semis in the final when we go to Vegas. This is weird. So it should be like, yeah, bang, bang, knockout round of 16 in the quarters, then bang, bang, semi in the final. So, But it's awesome. Great job, Matty O. That's exactly how I'm vibing. Unpopular opinion of the day. Yeah, look at me, look at me. Uh, I still hold a little bit of hope out for the Clippers. There's been a lot of shit talk. Like, they were so bad in that hilarious Denver loss. And I shat all over them as well because they were fucking horrible. But you sort of see a game like today where Kawhi is really good. Harden just, like, has, like, that half-decent game. And you're like, yeah, there's still, like, talent. Even if Harden's more cooked than, like, one of my old man's steaks. Like, they should be able to piece this together. The big worry for me is that they're 8 and 9 or whatever they are. I think that's what, what I said, right? 8 and 9. And they're in 10th at the moment in the West. The hope that I've got holding out for them is that they're literally just a play-in team because this is the weird part. The Warriors aren't good. They've gone 2 and 8 in their last 10, the Warriors. They're like the unspoken weird team right now. They lose Chris Paul. They lose Gary Payton. They're the ones who are going to struggle because Clay's shit. Draymond's shit. Steph's amazing, but unless Kaminga and Moody step up big time and you get more out of Andrew Air Canada Wiggins, they could be in real trouble. So the Clippers just sort of need to be better than the Warriors for a bit here, play themselves into a bit of form and away they go, and they should be okay. So I think basically everyone freaking out about the Clippers should be freaking out about the Warriors, just saying. Speaking of which, let's do a bit of our back takehouse. Thursday, and our back, and you know what that means? Oh yeah, two for one, blooming onions. That's right, no prick in Australia knows what the fuck these things are. What is it? Some sort of deep fried onion made to look like a flower? What the fuck are you on about? I never saw that in any women's weekly cookbook, you dickheads. Only at our back, two for one. Today's Flame Girl take is, James Wiseman was actually an Adam Silver plant to bring down the Warriors dynasty. He saw Joe Lacob and co getting too big for their britches and he went... I'm going to make sure that you get stuck with your wasted number two pick because you're going to take Weissman. And here we are, only at Outback. I don't know, that seems actually a little bit far-fetched. Uh, <laughs> far be it from an Outback take has to be far-fetched. Because if, if anything, Silver should have pushed them to go and uh, get Lamello and combine the bull electricity with the Warriors just appeal on all four quadrants and keep raking in the money. So, Because Silver definitely just wants the Warriors to always be good, you know? Anyway. All right, let's do a quick Australian player watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. Australian player watch. Uh, only a couple of Aussies in action today. We had, uh, obviously, Jingling Joe Ingles. <clears throat> As I mentioned, had a really good game against the uh, Wizards. Came off the bench, played his 20 minutes, went 5 of 7 from the floor, 1 of 1 from 3, 1 of 1 at the stripe. 12 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal. Bloody Jingles, absolutely out there crushing it. 
You love to see that. Uh, the vacuum, Dyson Daniels, as I mentioned as well, 14 minutes off the bench now that CJ's back. Two or four from the floor for four points. Four rebounds, one assist, two steals and a block. Just doing a little bit of everything. <coughs> Missed his three, though, but that's okay. It happens. Uh, Rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em, Lando also got out in the Pelicans... Uh, no, in the Houston game. Uh, the Nuggets, Rockets. And it was nice to see him actually run him out there. He played 14 minutes after uh, DMP CDing. Couple of four minute games, and uh, he wasn't bad. He had six points, one rebound, and uh, one steal. He went two of four from the floor, of one from deep, but two of two at the line. It was a plus four in a game they lost by ten. Let's go, the rooster. Yes, mate. Love to see it. Uh, and that is it for the Aussies, because outside of uh, that, we had obviously no Atlanta, no Brooklyn, uh, no Dallas, and no Blazers. So. Mr. and Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence, because that's fun. It's the first Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba! Clap it up. There you go. A couple of good ones. Uh, Jokic has three career 30-point triple-doubles with zero turnovers. Nobody else has done it more than once over the last 40 years. So, yeah, it's not bad, not bad. Uh, there was a weird one about D'Lo being the first player in NBA history of 35-plus points, 5-plus assists, 5-plus made threes, and 3-plus blocks. But as I saw it, he only had 2-plus blocks. So, I don't know if that stat was right. It's a bit weird. Uh, but I did like outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. Tyrese Maxey is playing the most minutes in the uh, league at the moment as well, which is pretty good, you know? I like my players to play. <laughs> that shouldn't be, like, crazy. He's at 38.4 points a game. He's also, I think, leading the league in distance per night that he's running. He's the only players in the 10 years of tracking data to crack three miles a game as a regular rotation player. So, it's pretty good. I love him. Doing that, well, averaging 26.6 points a game and uh, almost seven assists is pretty bloody good. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Do we have a Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in? Of course we do. I just don't know if we're... Uh, if we'd brought it up. What do we got? Nothing there. Nothing there. Oh, you're all letting me down here. Oh, there is another Ansty update on the pub, though. Looks great. I have to go out there and check it out. The Renault update from Ansty on his uh, reels. Looks bloody awesome. Can't wait to go there for a few uh, tins. Bend the old elbow. All right. Picks and previews for tomorrow. Let's do it. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jim. How did you go today? Uh, Betting-wise, I mean, I don't know what I was doing this morning when I put those bets on, but I did not listen to myself because we had Lakers minus 7.5 on yesterday's show. That's a win. Orlando minus 10.5. That's a win. We missed out on the Phoenix game. Missed out on the Utah game, but I did pick New Orleans plus one and a half yesterday uh, and then took Philly this morning for some reason. I also had Denver minus four and a half. I did take Sacramento plus two and a half. So what's that? Out of the seven games, that's one, two, three, four of seven. It's pretty good. But yeah, I made, uh, (laughs) I've got to pay attention to myself apparently because that was bad. Uh, But tomorrow's games, got a few interesting ones tomorrow. Today's games are a bit of a uh, Barry Crocker shocker, I'll tell you. But 
We do have a big slate. So Blazers at Cleveland. Cleveland. We'll see uh, the Great Barrier Reef. Aussie Matty T up there against the Cavs. Cleveland are 11.5 point favorites. Portland do tend to play teams pretty tough, but the Cavs, it feels like they have just one of these games where everybody is healthy at the moment. Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, and Allen. And there should be an ask kicking coming there. So I'm going to go the Cavs minus 11.5. At home, they're pretty tough. The Blazers, look, God bless Malcolm Brogdon. And Scoot Henderson, I just don't know if that defensive backcourt's going to be able to slow down those Cavs. And Mobley and Allen in the middle. It's a bit of a tough one. Indy go to the Heat. This is a really fascinating one. The Heat are two and a half point favorites at home. They don't tend to cover at home, though. I think they're one and five off the top of my head uh, covering the line at home, Miami. The Pacers have been pretty up and down. Copped a tough loss the other day. I don't mind them on the road, though. Plus two and a half. You've got Turner. You've got to try to combat Bam. The Heat, they might just grind their bones to make their bread. But I'm going to go the Pacers plus two and a half in a bit of a uh, shootout. You know, if they're going to put up 130, you'd be interested to see if Miami can do the same. Detroit go to New York. Uh, This is a 13 and a half point line, which is a lot. That's so many points. But Detroit is so bad, and they're on a back-to-back. The Knicks did kick the shit, the requisite shit, out of uh, Charlotte the other day. So I might stick with the Knicks minus 13.5 and a half in a blowout win. Brooklyn hosts Charlotte. I'm probably going to go the Hornets in this one, plus 8.5, just because the Nets have played with their food a little bit of late. They beat the Raptors pretty handily in that uh, season in-season tournament game. The Hornets came up very short against the Knicks, of course. But Terry Rose... Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, PJ Hamilton, Washington. It's the sort of team that I think, look, we've seen Brooklyn beat Charlotte already, I believe, this season. So it just worries me with Brooklyn's ability to put up big, big scores and continually to, you know, to beat even bad teams. Because they are 9 and 8. They beat the Raptors by 12. They beat the Bulls by 9. They did beat the piss out of the Heat. But they lost that weird game to the Hawks. They lost to the Sixers. They lost to the Heat prior to that. So, I don't know. Against the Hornets, let's have a look. Nets beat them by 12 in Charlotte last time. Eight and a half. All right, let's go Brooklyn minus eight and a half. It should all just click and they should win. Without Lamelo, Charlotte are just a little bit discombobulated. Atlanta go to San Antonio. The Spurs plus six and a half at home. This is a game where I feel like uh, defensively the Spurs are going to have to stand up and do a little bit of something, something. This line, I wish it was a little bit bigger because I'd probably take San Antonio. But the Hawks, look, they're looking pretty dangerous. You've got Trey, you've got DeJunte. They uh, aren't exactly too much chop at covering on the road. Let's have a look at their stats for that because... I don't know. This Atlanta team have been very suspect defensively, but this is also going up against one of the worst defenses in the NBA in San Antonio. So, you know, that's the one where Atlanta can sort of get off the hook and go bang. On the road, against the line. Yeah, that's what I thought. Atlanta are 1-4. And And at home... Yeah, 1-4 in their last five. 
the Hawks. Three, five, and one at home, the Spurs. Let's go the Spurs, plus six and a half. Just to keep it close and make the uh, Hawks work for it. Because why wouldn't they? That's a good one. Uh, the Jazz go to Minnesota on a back-to-back. The Wolves are going to kick the crap out of them. They're too big. This is the Rudy Gobert ball. Gosh. The Wolves are going to feast on this Jazz team, who are an absolute mess. So give me the Wolves. Too much size, too much skill. Uh, even with Ant-Man, like, maybe he hobbled. We'll see what happens. It seemed like it was okay after the game, though. So Thunder host the Lakers. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites at home, the Thunder. Josh Kitty, it's a lot going on. I'm going to take the Lakers plus six and a half in a back-to-back. <clears throat> as long as both AD and LeBron play, I think they can keep that one close in OKC. Bucks, Bulls, the Bucks are going to kick the crap out of the Bulls. Minus eight and a half. The Bulls are a horror shot at this point. And then Clippers, Warriors. Fascinating setup with the Warriors losing two of their biggest rotation pieces. Uh, the Clippers, but there's no size in this Warriors team that can really hurt the Clippers. So the Clippers on a back-to-back. I don't mind the Clippers in that one. Plus four and a half, even on a back-to-back. I'll take the points in that one, and away we will go. I'll just make sure that is all the games that I've uh, hit on and picked, because I think that's nine. I think that's right. Let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yep. There's a lot going on. Some weird games. I'll tell you what, though. Not many good ones. (laughs) Miami Indies should be awesome. Clippers, Warriors should be fun. OKC Lakers should be good too. So there's some uh, good ones to get into. But all right, and that's it for today. Make sure you're following NBA Australia on the socials across, obviously Twitter, Face, the IG, all that good stuff. Uh, I'll be back into the swing of things hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully I get a fucking half decent night's sleep and I'm not in that much pain. Yeesh. Um, hopefully I'll be yeah, be a bit more chipper <laughs> tomorrow. Bloody hell. Uh, get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz as well. That was a fun show this week. We've actually got a really good NFL game tomorrow morning, so you can listen to our uh, review and or preview and everything of that on NFL Australia. Go subscribe. You can also please rate and review and start the shows on your podcast app, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, whatever you use. Hopefully we popped up in your Spotify rap. Uh, that'd be good. Let us know if you did. If we did, it'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, rate, review and start. It does help out heaps, obviously. And uh, thanks for the folks who are actually already sent through the wrap. I've seen a couple, which is nice. Uh, and thanks to the our man Dan for the uh, physio advice as well. Very handy. Uh, what else? NBAstore.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. I'll throw in a free uh, janky stubby holder if you order something now as well. The next day or two. I've got a couple of other ones that were older ones, but they're still good. They're still good. They'll keep your beer cold. Uh, big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats and Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. Uh, no skit today because I'm going to go help look after the squids and we're already running late today, so yeah. Bit of a rough one. It's also, it's my day off. Bloody hell. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And. Later, Hosen. I don't know how much more this I can take.